This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Hey everyone, this is Boomer Esiason, and I am so delighted to have you join us here on our all-new Game Time Podcast. Now, today our guest has vaulted his way up the racing ladder to his current NASCAR Cup Series gig, driving the number 24 Chevy Camaro ZL1 for Hendrick Motorsports. It's certainly my pleasure to welcome William Byron. William, welcome to our Game Time Podcast. Yeah, thanks, Boomer. Appreciate you having me. For NASCAR, this has been the year of the next-gen car. What do you like about it, and what needs to be done to make it better? You know, I think um, safety's kind of been a big a big thing that we're trying to work on. Um, you know, the just the rear impacts into the wall have been uh, more physical and uh, harder for the drivers than in the past. So I would I'd like to see them work on that for sure. Um, but I think that the racing's been really competitive on the track, and there's a lot of you know, like we talked about, there's a lot more contact and things on the track. So it's it's been a good good season in terms of the racing. You know, as with everything new, there's always bugs to be worked out that can only be found when the new products are put to the test under real-life conditions. Now, some of your fellow drivers, including Denny Hamlin, Joey Logano, and your teammate Chase Elliott, have complained that the next-gen cars are too stiff, which they say makes them more dangerous. So what's your take on that safety concern? Yeah, I think that it's it's certainly a concern. You know, having a couple drivers have uh, concussions right now is, is not what we want, but uh, I think you know, NASCAR is going to work on it and we're going to get it better. It's, it's the first year, like we talked about first year with the car and um, you know, it is a little too stiff and we've got to, we've got to go to work on trying to make it softer. So it crushes more uh, when you hit the wall. So uh, I think we'll have some ideas for that in the off season. Hopefully next year we can kind of, you know, put all this stuff behind us with the, you know, some of the increased concussions and things like that. You know, Brad Kozlowski has publicly suggested that uh, at more of the dangerous race courses, many drivers will avoid taking gratuitous risks and will be making so-called business decisions. Have you found that to be the case? You know, not really. I, I'm a competitor first and foremost. And I think once I kind of put the helmet on, it's uh, that adrenaline gets gone and the, the, you know, intensity and wanting to win is what is is on your mind. So I think that's what I focus on is just trying to win and 
Um, yeah, I do think about the safety outside the car, but uh, during the race, I don't. You know, speaking of safety, are you glad special rain tires for the short tracks are on the near horizon? I think that's a cool addition. I think the, the rain races are kind of exciting for the fans, and it makes it, a, it, makes it kind of interesting to see who, who can figure it out because you're on the edge of control and sliding around a lot. So I think it's a cool addition. Um, hopefully, we can, hopefully we can have some rain races next year and see how it goes. You know, one of the new things about NASCAR is that their leadership started having weekly meetings with you guys, the drivers. Have you found them to be productive? Yeah, I think so. I think Steve Phelps, the president of NASCAR, he's done a good job kind of organizing those meetings. And, um, you know, he's, they've listened to us. They've listened to the concerns that we have. And I think that just makes us feel good because we're, we feel like, you know, they're, they're going to take action on the things that we're concerned about. Some of that's safety, some of it's competition. So uh, we, we just got to keep working and kind of make sure we're communicating. You know, by the way, as we continue our podcast conversation with NASCAR's William Byron, I have to say he won me over back in October when he tweeted this. Things we love to see. NHL hockey is back tonight. So are you still upset that my New York Rangers knocked your Carolina Hurricanes out of the playoffs in seven games? <laughs> you know, I'm not really over it. I, uh, I was actually at that game and uh, they whooped us pretty good. And, and it seemed like there were a lot of, uh, lot of Ranger fans there. So that was... That was uh, disappointing. It was for, sure. uh, for disappointing for you, but not disappointing for me. That's for sure. And I'm sure we'll see each other again in the playoffs this year. So I also know that you are a huge Carolina Panthers fan. I saw a piece on you where you have above your bed uh, the Carolina Panthers stadium panoramic photo. And I'm just wondering if you thought yeah. that maybe your owner, David Tepper, pulled the plug too early on Matt Rule, the head coach there. You know, I... I mean, we gave them a pretty long runway, and uh, it honestly, I, I felt like it wasn't working out as you know as intended. I I was really patient with them, but uh, unfortunately, the you know it just wasn't wasn't going very good. So hopefully, uh, Steve Wilkes can kind of get us going uh, for the rest of the season, and um, who knows, we'll see what what happens in the future. You know what I love? I love that you're a fan of other sports and that you pay attention and you're proud of where you are. And of course. You know, being the race car driver you are, you take the checkered flag at Atlanta and Martinsville. And the second uh, win, your victory at the paper clip, as it's known. And I know Martinsville, I was the uh, uh, one of the, um, I guess you can go back many, many years. I was uh, a part of that race a long time ago. Now, that was special for you for awesome. a lot of reasons. And one of those yeah. reasons was because of what happened the year before with your mom. Tell me that story. Yeah, so my mom went through, uh, she, had, she had cancer. She was diagnosed with cancer um, the previous year, and it all started at Martinsville. So uh, we were just having a normal uh, spring day. It was kind of uh, my mom and dad came up to the race, and uh, they, were, they were sitting up in the grandstands and watching from the, uh, the suite area. And uh, she actually went down with kind of a mini stroke uh, event at that time. And um, ended up being a, a brain tumor. So, yeah, it was a crazy uh, series of events in uh, 2021. And, um, you know, our life kind of turned upside down at that at that point. You know, everything, she had been healthy at that time and, and nothing was going on. And, and then right then, uh, knowing that she had a brain tumor and then going through the diagnosis, um, you know, she ended up going through radiation treatment. And, and um, about six months later, she was um, cancer free. But at the time, it was really, uh, really uh, a difficult situation. We didn't really know what was going to happen. And um, it was so cool to win at Martinsville one year later, uh, almost to the date, the same weekend. 
of the year uh, that was really special. She was up on the pit box and able to watch the race. So it was, it was really cool. That's great. And how's your mom doing today? Yeah, she's doing well. She's, uh, she's cancer free um, and just kind of going in for her checkups and, um, and all those things. So she's doing well. You know, it's amazing. You NASCAR drivers get a little crazy these days. Uh, and you had an incident with Joey Logano. He bumped you into the wall in Dar- uh, Darlington. And I'm just wondering, yeah. you know, what is happening with you guys? It seems like there's a lot. I know Rubin's racing. I heard that in the movie once. Uh, but now bumping <laughs> into the wall and getting run into the wall is racing. Is that really becoming a thing now? Yeah. You know, it's the culture's changed a little bit. It's, uh, this new car, so we went from a, an old style car that if you bump too much against other cars, you would get a flat tire. So there was a lot of risk to you know hit somebody too hard. Uh, with this car, it's pretty much fair game because the, the tires don't blow. And uh, basically, the only thing that's going to hurt you is getting into the wall. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's gotten more physical this year. The cars are a little bit more durable and uh, it's it's made for some more conflict for sure. There's definitely been a lot more uh, a lot more conflict on the track. You know, I'm sure I speak for all the NASCAR fans out there. We love the drama and certainly the dramatic one. William Byron is right in the middle of everything. All right, we'll revisit how this relatively late bloomer forged a highly unconventional path to NASCAR's top ten when game time continues right after this. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to Game Time, everyone. Unlike most of his NASCAR colleagues, William Byron didn't grow up hanging around a garage working on cars. He was too busy playing other sports. Now, what makes his narrative so special is that he is among one of the first to make the transition from eye racing to real racing. Now, you didn't grow up with transmission fluid in your veins, so to speak, but you watched NASCAR race on TV and you were hooked. What got you hooked on the on that initial race? Yeah, I watched racing. I started watching racing when I was five years old. So I was just a young kid that was into other sports. I was into little die cast cars and 
Um, I got into uh, watching the truck series on TV and then watching the NASCAR Cup series and kind of, uh, I think my, you know, how into cars I was, was kind of the reason that I, I got into racing like I did. But, um, but yeah, I just watched it for years. And then this computer simulation came out uh, that Dale Jr. was a big part of growing and uh, actually Roush, Roush and, and Fenway Park, um, they were, they were a big part of creating iRacing. So I got into iRacing, started racing on the computer almost every day. Um, and my parents realized that I was, that I was really good at it and, and that I wanted to try to pursue this as a career, um, in, in the real thing. So it was a pretty crazy transition, but, um, something that is definitely unique to, I guess, the 21st century. So I, I read where you begged your dad to take you to Martinsville, going back to that track again. That was your first experience with live racing and seeing it up close and personal. Yeah, my first experience was I was six years old. We went up to the, the track there and I was so into it. I was so hooked by the fuel and uh, the smell of the rubber and uh, just the, the excitement, the noise. So I was hooked when I was really young and uh, we started to do road trips to different racetracks, going to Darlington we would go to probably six or seven races a year and uh, and kind of take time out of the weekend to to go do that. So it, was, it become it became a pretty fun like father son bonding uh, trip to go do. Yeah, but he was skeptical about you, whether or not you could actually do this for a living. How did you convince him? Yeah, so I mean, he was really skeptical. He was he was big on you know me keeping my grades up and and doing other sports. I played football for five years actually, from you know Pop Warner to you know, junior varsity. And I, to, to make the step into racing, I had to kind of give up all those things and I still did school full time, but I was able to start racing. So he was skeptical of, you know, just how far I could make it. Um, but I think, yeah, I won like my fifth or sixth race and, uh, we started to kind of take off from there. So you started out with vintage cars. So what, what exactly are the vintage cars? What, what are they all about? Yeah, so it's a it's a like scale size car. So it's not a full size car, but as a as a thirteen to sixteen year old uh, kid, you can race them. Uh, you just have to you know get waivers and get approved. But it's not because it's not a full size car. You're going about one hundred twenty miles an hour, so you're not full speed, but you still get the uh, adrenaline and and you still learn about the race craft and stuff. So it uh it, it definitely you know a lot of young kids do that. You know, it's amazing to me, William, is the fact that many parents are loath to have their kids play football at that age, but your parents let you go drive a car at 120 <laughs> miles an hour. Yeah, yeah, football was, uh, football was the start of it. And then, uh, you know, I guess my mom kind of, she lost control on the, uh, the danger aspect when it got to racing. But, but yeah, I was fortunate that my, my parents were okay with it and that they, you know, they, they helped me travel to all the races and uh, I wasn't able to drive at the time. I was 15 years old, so uh, they were able to get me to the to and from the track and travel all across the country. And you know, here's the big question that leads up to all of this: You spent countless hours racing online video game simulators, and I'm just wondering how did those eye racing skills transfer successfully for you getting behind the wheel of a real race car? Yeah, honestly, just the the feel of the car um, visually. You know, visually you're on a computer, you're using your eyes as, as all of your feedback. So, um, I learned how to use my eyes and process what I was seeing on the track and, and learn where the grip was and, and how to move the car around the track. So 
Um, I think when I got into a real car, there were I was able to use all my senses and you know sense of smell, uh, just my feel, and uh, it was actually in some ways it was a little bit easier because I was able to kind of use all those tools. So William, were you surprised to see your name, William Byron, on all three NASCAR National Series Rookie of the Year awards? Did you ever expect to have so much success so soon? It was definitely uh, surprising. I, I think that you know I expected to kind of. I expected to have to learn more across the different series, but I was really fortunate to to kind of win early and get opportunities. And Mr. Hendrick, you know, called me up when I was, um, I guess, 19 years old and, and gave me the opportunity to, to drive in the, the Cup Series for Hendrick Motorsports. So, yeah, it was kind of a crazy series of events. I kind of spent one year in each each uh, series and, and then um, and then progressed to the, the pros. So. It was definitely different, but I uh, learned a lot. Once once you get to the pros, it's kind of a it's a big learning experience. But I was lucky to get in when I was young. You know, earlier we talked about payback and revenge on the track. I'm just wondering, did you encounter any jealousy or any sort of envy at any point when you were younger? Oh, for sure. Like when I was when I was in the younger uh, when I was younger, but I was racing against you know people that were 40 to 45 years old in the the local tracks. It was definitely tough to manage the, uh, yeah, the aggression and, and trying not to, uh, trying to have respect, but still be aggressive to win. So it was definitely a learning process. I, you know, a couple conflicts along the way, but tried to just kind of earn the respect to the older guys. And then um, I think that helped me in the long term. So what was it like when you finally got that call from Hendrick Motorsports that you were going to be one of the guys? That was so cool. It was, uh, I was actually racing, I was racing in the lower division, the Xfinity series that races on Saturdays. I landed back home, took a commercial flight, uh, back home, landed, um, got in the car and, and got a phone call that, uh, that they wanted to meet with me that afternoon. So, uh, I was, I was not sure what, what that was going to be. I didn't know if they were going to say, Hey, you know, we want you to do this another year. Um, but they called me up and, and we sat down at Mr. Hendrick's house and, uh, yeah, it was a pretty amazing, uh, 24 hours for sure. Just kind of hearing those words and, um, that they wanted me in the cup series was, was really cool. So a little bit later on, you get assigned the number 24 car and we all know that's Jeff Gordon made that number famous. And now you're stepping into the number 24 car. I'm just thinking about the pressure on a young man's shoulders. What was that like? It was a lot of pressure. I think the first, my rookie year was a struggle. Um, I think it is for, for most rookies and, and especially NASCAR. It just seems like the veteran guys have a, have a leg up, but uh, it was definitely a struggle. So I just had to stay <laughs> grounded. And, you know, luckily Jeff and I are pretty close and we were able to have a lot of conversations about um, my learning process and how to, how to improve. And just, uh, they gave me a lot of time. They gave me a lot of uh, resources and time just to, to develop. And I was lucky to have that because we made the playoffs in our second year and then and then it was kind of you know we kind of got on a roll from there you know i think about going from college football myself to pro football and it was like a totally different set of circumstances and i had to relearn yeah. a lot of things about playing the position of quarterback at the pro level i read where you said it was very similar for you as a rookie yeah you had to learn uh, a relearn a lot of things about driving at that level yeah, for sure. I, I think um, I thought I was really good at certain things. And then I got to the Cup Series and realized that everybody else was really good at them, too. So it was I thought I was really fast and and uh, faster than all my peers at the time. 
uh, going through the ranks, and then you get to the Cup Series, and and you learn that all those guys are really good. So it, it was definitely a learning uh, process, but you know I think as you kind of gather the as you build the notebook over time, you kind of know what what uh, situations um, you know you know what's going to happen next. All right, we'll be right back to ask one of NASCAR's budding young superstars where he thinks the sport might be headed in the near future. Stay with us. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everyone. Among the parade of first-time NASCAR Series winners this year are Chase Briscoe, Ross Chastain, Daniel Suarez, Tyler Reddick, and, of course, Austin Sindrick, who was on this program after capturing the Daytona 500 to start the season. So, William, it seems like there's both parity and youth in today's drivers. Is there a special ritual that happens when one of these rookies tends to win one of these these races? Yeah, it's... Uh... I think you know it's it's good to see for the sport to have young guys coming in and having its success because uh, for you know ten to fifteen years it was the same guys winning uh, you know Jimmy Johnson Jeff Gordon uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. So those guys you know have retired and and there's kind of a new a new group coming in and and we're starting to win races so it, it's a cool kind of changing of the guard to see see it happen and. Definitely happy for my peers, but not too happy. I want to I want to be the one that, that's winning the races, so uh, we'll try to keep doing that. So next year, it's going to be the 75th anniversary of NASCAR. NASCAR has a lot of things planned, including an all-star race at the historic North Wilkesboro Speedway. It's one of Stock Car's original yeah. venues. How much fun do you think that's going to be? I think it's going to be so cool. I think, you know, Dale Earnhardt Jr. has been a big advocate for bringing back North Wilkesboro and uh, it's it's cool because I grew up in North Carolina and it's one of those historic tracks in North Carolina and uh, kind of going back to our roots. So I've seen other sports do that and, and do a good job with it, with with hockey, you know, doing the the, the classics and the wintertime outside. And uh, I think it'll be just a cool atmosphere. Hopefully we get uh, a lot of support for it. You know, here's one thing that they came, they came up with that I can't wait to see, and that is the first ever streetcar race in downtown Chicago. Now, is yeah. there a simulator that you can actually get used to, to get ready for this race? Yeah, I mean, we'll certainly use the Chevrolet simulator that we have. It, it has a lot of, uh, it, it scans the track, but I don't know, honestly, how they're going to do that. So uh, I'm sure they'll get kind of a, a couple weeks, a head start on it uh, when the track's fully built. But uh, yeah, we're in for a, crazy race there. I think it's going to be exciting, honestly, just to, to see the NASCAR 
cup cars go around that track and, um, you know, the fans up close by the, by the track. You know, a lot of PGA Tour professionals say, you know, their, their commitment to the tour and their individual um, tournaments is too long, that they spend too much time away from home. Do you, is that the same kind of feeling that the NASCAR drivers have about their long weekends? Yeah, it certainly is a lot of time on the road. I think that uh, I try to get um, some rounds of golf in on the road and try to just kind of stay stay loose because we're we're usually on the road for three days a weekend, so or three days a week. So we leave Friday mornings and we come back Sunday night late. So it's a it's yeah it's a long um, you know thirty eight weekends a year, but it's it's kind of uh, you get in that rhythm of traveling and you try to just balance the the life away from home. You know, I wanted to ask you this. There's a lot of young drivers out there, and we were talking about some of those drivers. Have you heard about 21-year-old Haley Deegan at all? Yeah, yeah, she's uh, she's doing a good job. She just had her had her first uh, Xfinity race and did pretty well. So you think she's got a future in NASCAR? I think so. I think she she's worked hard at it. She's got a she's got a great uh, great brand. Like the things that she does, does a lot of off-road racing, and uh, she's exciting to watch. So. So yeah, I think she she's doing a good job so far, and uh, always great to you know have somebody come up through the ranks uh, like she is, and um, you know it'll be cool to see what she does. As we take the white flag here on Game Time, the podcast, I have to ask our guest William Byron about the giant Lego projects you've constructed. Now this is insane to me, William. You've built the Empire State Building and the Titanic. Now this has got to be some form of relaxation for you. And how did you get into it? Yeah, so my uh, so I was into it as a kid. I, I built a lot of Lego uh, projects and kind of loved designing model cars and stuff. And and then um, I went quite a few years with without doing it. And my girlfriend actually bought me uh, a Lego piano that was like four thousand pieces. It actually functions as a piano. So uh, it was that was really cool to build. I built that a couple years ago, and then um, from there I started to just buy every Lego set that I could and, and start building it. So I, I built the, uh, the Lego Titanic it was 9,000 pieces. It's, it's really cool because it comes, it's, it detaches in three different parts and, uh, you can, you can kind of see the inside of the Titanic and the rooms and stuff. So, uh, yeah, it just became something that I, that I got, uh, into over the off seasons and kind of just hanging out. You know, speaking of bricks, what was it like this past summer having the legendary Mario Andretti drive you around the Indianapolis racetrack in a two-seater? Yeah, that was amazing. Um, he was he was super under control, but I was I was nervous. Like I, I was just nervous to go, you know, that at that speed. And honestly, I'm not used to riding around in a, in a race car. I'm used used to having control, so it was kind of uh, nerve wracking. But it was super cool. Like the cool thing about that is. When you're in an Indy car, uh, the helmet kind of lifts off your head because of the the air pressure that comes from from the outside air. So I've never experienced anything like that. So it was really cool. You also caught up with their former idol and teammate, and that was Jimmy Johnson, who's now into Indy car racing. What'd you guys talk about? Yeah, we just talked about his Indy car season and and the way that he's uh, he's been doing. So he's he's been you know on the Indy car circuit since he retired from NASCAR and trying that that side of things so we just talked about the differences there it was it was pretty fun to to kind of talk about you know you do a lot of interesting things uh william and one of those interesting things was that you went to steph curry's graduation at davidson now why would you do that (laughs) so i yeah i had a 
I had a buddy of mine that went to Davidson and a uh, big basketball fan. And, um, you know, he had, he's like, Hey, I got, I got two tickets to this, uh, to this graduation. I was like, sure, I'm, I'm not doing anything. So <laughs> went up there and, and watched Steph Curry get, uh, get, you know, I guess his Jersey retired and, and graduate from Davidson. It was, it was super cool. You know, Steph grew up uh, just a few minutes down the road, uh, went to a, a school that's in the same conference as me and in high school. So, I was kind of interested just to see what he talked about. And, uh, man, he's so talented. It's it's amazing to watch. It is amazing to watch. Uh, you're studying at Liberty University right now. So hopefully you're going to graduate before Steph Curry does. Yeah, that's the goal. That's what that's what I joked about with my parents. I was like, you know, if I can just uh, if I can just get a few years earlier than Steph Curry, that would be good. And so what are you majoring in? I'm in communications. So I started uh I started classes uh, actually towards the end of high school, and then I, I don't I'm not able to take a full course load, but I'm trying to do it during the off season and kind of uh, kind of yeah I'm close to finishing. I've got uh, seven or eight credits left. Oh great! So I'm just wondering, is this going to help you communicate with your crew chief better? <laughs> I hope so. That that would be a good uh, good perk to have from it. Hey, tell me what is the secret to. Um the, the race burnout after you win and, and how do you know when you've really actually hit the mark? Yeah. So you, you drop it into like second or third gear. Uh, we have five gears. So you just try to get into a lower gear, but not too low to where it bounces off the, uh, the rev limiter that, that the car has. So you, uh, you put a lot of front brake to it. So you try to try to put all the brake to the front. Um, so that the rear tires spin and then you can hold the brake to, to keep, friction on it so yeah it's pretty fun it's it's honestly one of the most exciting things to do because the the cockpit fills with smoke you don't really know where you are but um it's it's a lot of fun well william here's the more burnouts we thank you for joining us today and to all of you for watching i'm boomer esiason and i'll see you again real soon right here on game time with surfing legend kelly slater